Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and along with Kyle Davis, this is, I guess, officially playoff edition number one here as the Toronto Rock are moving on, or have moved on, to the second round of the playoffs. The East Division Final gets started this Saturday night against the Georgia Swarm at Air Canada Centre. Game one of the best of two-and-a-bit series. We'll explain that a little bit more as the show goes on here, but... um, First, let's talk about Saturday night's victory over the New England Black Wolves. Uh, KD, thoughts on uh, thoughts on this game? First off, I thought it was a great game. I thought they pretty much dominated uh, New England for the for the f- entirety of the game, all over the floor. Whether it be you know the defense, all I was in the corner one shift, for instance, when Sean Evans, he was just getting mauled. And it was just the D was there, uh, standing tall, and he's one of the better players on their team in the league. Um, then you go to transition, you know, Damon chipping in a couple, Jesse Gamble with one, Gilbert with one, just going off the top of my head here. Uh, transition was in full force. Offense was firing in all cylinders again. I thought, uh, you know, if you want to call them the bigger, the big three or what the, the bigger offensive weapons in Schreiber, Hickey LeBlanc were, were noticeable, which I thought was positive. Um, you know, great, great team win. Obviously, you know, Miller being able to come in and, and be solid again as well was was a positive sign uh, just to, to show for the depth of, of the team. But uh, I thought it was a great overall win, dominating performance, exactly what you want out of, uh, you know, a playoff game at home going into the finals. Yeah, and several, I guess, potential momentum turners even early in the game. Toronto gets off to the good start. New England kind of battles back there and takes a bit of a lead, um, you know, and then Matt Sawyer uh, for, the, for the second game in a row goes to the bench and pulls Nick Rose and, and Brandon Miller comes in and, and ends up uh, kind of leading the team to victory in in some way. Um, obviously, Brandon comes in. I think his save percentage ended up around 850-something, 857, I believe it was, in that game uh, in relief of Rosie and – you know, Matt Sawyer's got a decision on his hands here going into game number one of the uh, of the East Division final. Does he go with the guy that got you here to some degree with Nick Rose and, and the fact that this team is not where they are today if it wasn't for Nick Rose's play, dominating play in the first half of the season, which I think allowed this team to grow into what they are now. And despite the fact that, you know, noted documented struggles in in april didn't play as best lacrosse as best lacrosse was was definitely played earlier in the season but um uh, it's going to be a decision here as to who who starts in that and we're going to have matt sawyer on the show uh here today in a, in a few minutes but you know if you have to make the call right now I don't even know. Like, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, and I know it's something that around the office here over the last couple of days, I think every single person who works in here has probably kicked it around a little bit. Some people automatically go, you know what? Miller's the hot guy. He's come in the last two games and won them. Let's give him the start. On the other hand, you've got Nick Rose, who really is, you know, for all intents and purposes here, he is the number one goalie here in Toronto. It is a near must win game you want to win game number one for sure it's not a one and done situation you are into a bit of a series here but is there an easy answer maybe we start with that is there an easy is this an easy decision i don't think it's necessarily an easy decision uh you know playoff time you could you could go one way and you know it it totally turn on you regardless what what happens You, you i mean you said it is a bit of a series here, but it's a short series, albeit, and you only got one crack at home here. Uh, this is the, You want this one to start and go down to Georgia feeling good about yourself. I don't think it's an easy decision by any means. I mean, if you're asking me personally, uh, uh, it's tough, but with no no discredit to uh, to Nick Rose, like I said, we had him last week on uh, – in my goaltender of the year, you know, ballot, like I think you, you nailed in the head. He's got this team in a way to where they are in a good spot. Uh, I just think back-to-back tough outings and back-to-back solid outings by Miller seems to and, – and we had Matty on. He even said, you know, he's noticed in practice. He's uh, He's been better. He's starting to feel healthy again and, and saving more balls, seeing the ball better. It's uh, He's, you know, creeping back up to where, you know, Brandon – 
feels comfortable and typically, you know, where he's at uh, the peak of his game, I guess you could say. And uh, I, I think I would have to go with the hot hand for, for this one Saturday and, and see how it goes. And saying that, though, you look back at the two matchups with Georgia, Toronto Rock in both of them. You know, Nick Rose has a great game down there. They win in overtime. Has a great game here. We've documented they're second away from winning. Maybe that's a good matchup. I, I don't know. Like we said, it is a tough decision, I guess, putting me on the spot right now. I would probably start Miller, but, again, it's no discredit. I think uh, you got two great goalies, and who's ever in there is going to obviously put up a good show. Yeah, and like we have talked about many times, really in lacrosse, the only thing going into the game you want your goaltender to do is give you a chance to win. I don't think you ever go into a game and saying, you know what, the only way we're winning this is if so-and-so steals this one for us. So regardless of who's in net, you just need a performance, I think, on Saturday night, which gives you an opportunity to win. And just to go back, and, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves just yet here on the show. We we do want to chat a little bit more about uh, Saturday night's game. But, you know, when you look at what transpired and the the health of Brandon Miller even here, it – it has created an interesting situation, but at the same time, we talk about the depth, and we saw that come into play on Saturday night where this is, in some ways, a, a really good thing as well. It's a great problem to have, um, you know, and, and we saw how well Brandon played, and I thought the other thing that seemed to happen on Saturday night was I don't think I've seen our defense play as good for at least a stretch in time when they had to be that good. Um, I think as as the game went on, um, you know, Miller got more and more comfortable. He was making a ton of saves, obviously, throughout the evening. But um, I just thought that defensively, the team wasn't really giving New England much either and made Miller's life in net a little bit easier maybe as well, right? Which, again, it's something you want. You you want this to happen. And, and this shouldn't ever be looked at as, you know – discrediting anyone's performance here or whatnot but you know I think you know Miller made the saves he needed to the defense did what they did in in limiting opportunities and the offense pardon me also did what they needed to do and that was score goals and and move the ball up the floor effectively and transition from defense to offense as well and when the offense got out there they buried their chances you know Tom Schreiber was great again Steph LeBlanc chips in with a couple. Casey Behrens chips in with a couple of goals. Um, you know, Lintner's on the board. Too. Everybody joined the party kind of thing. And it was it was really, when you take a full step back from this, this was a total team effort. I don't think you can really truly say, hey, that guy won us the game. I mean, you score that many goals. You only give up that many in the game. And your goaltender plays the way he does, and, and the defense chips in the way they did too. So, um I don't really like to walk away from that game saying any one guy did it, and I think that's a good thing too because, like you've mentioned, you know, speaking to the depth of this team right now, when when things are going well, this is a deep team, and they can hurt you in different ways, and that is scoring in transition, five-on-five, five, you know, um, playing good defense and getting good goaltending. Yeah, and I, I don't think, uh, you know, you look at a playoff run, for instance, I think you can ride a hot goalie for, for a game or two or a stretch or, you know, someone's going all world on offense and stringing together a couple of games. But if you're talking playoff lacrosse and, you know, it's going to be a grind here playing serious, meaningful, legit, intense games every weekend here for the stretch, you're going to need everyone to be on board. I think they're saying, uh, you know, in, in, within the team is, you know, everyone row the boat or, or whatnot. And that uh, that couldn't be more true uh, for a team that wants to have success. I don't think, uh, you know, there's great individual ball players on this team. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to take a full group effort to beat this Georgia team. You know, it took the full group effort to beat New England. This Georgia team's going to be, be even better, I would assume, you know, than, than what we saw with New England and then even the teams in the West. They're the great lacrosse teams and everyone's going to have to be buying in and on, on board here to uh, to allow themselves to have a, a lengthy playoff run here, which is what the ultimate goal is. And as you mentioned, the West Division, uh, Colorado hangs on for a one-goal win over the Vancouver Stealth in the West Division semifinal. Um, surprised by that result out there? Not not surprised, I guess. Going in, if you had to, if I was a betting man, I think I would have picked Colorado. Um, 
surprised it I'm not really even surprised it came down to a one goal game. I guess Vancouver surprised me all year. You know, they've won games I didn't think they would or they they've, they've had a good year. I'll admit it. And uh so I guess I'm not too too surprised that it came down to the wire and I know I think we were just looking at it. Corey Small scored three in a row late to maybe make it optically look a little closer yeah. when it was all when the, when it was all said and done it was a one goal game but late it was a four goal spread there and I know Corey Small and you got to give them credit they scored the goals they you know they count they all count but uh not surprised I think it's kind of refreshing from a league perspective you got three of the four teams that weren't in the division finals last year in Toronto Georgia Colorado right it's not your typical Saskatchewan Calgary or Edmonton yeah. Calgary and right Rochester's been out of it for a couple of years now like it's not I'm ex- interested and excited to see kind of uh, some new teams at this stage of the playoff series. Yeah, I mean, uh, Toronto's a couple of years removed from uh, from being at this level back uh, to 2015, making the uh, the run to the Champions Cup final. But um, I, I don't, I don't really know. You know, we've talked a little bit off air about the West and and what to expect in that. Uh, two-game series and as we should probably break down what the next round of the playoffs is because um, it is confusing to some because it's uh, it's non-traditional it's not something that uh, is too prevalent in any other pro sports league so what happens in this round is game one of the series is actually hosted at the uh, the lower seeded team so that would be the rock in this case being that they are the number two seed in the East, number three seed overall for the playoffs, though. And they will be uh, hosting Georgia, number one overall seed, number one seed in the in the East as well. And then game number two will be next weekend, next Saturday, May the 20th, in Georgia. They will host game number two. And if the two teams split those first two games, so that uh, obviously meaning Toronto wins one, Georgia wins one, that means that at the immediate conclusion at the conclusion of game number two immediately following game number two there will be a 10-minute tiebreaker game a full 10-minute game and the winner of that game would then move on to the champions cup final so ideally you want to win game number one give yourself two shots at it basically going to georgia it hasn't always worked out that way we saw a couple of years ago right here in front of our own eyes the toronto rock rochester nighthawks toronto drops game number one comes back pretty convincing game number two win they go to the 10 minute tiebreaker game and blow the doors off of rochester they just didn't have anything left in the tank chase matt vince from the game uh and just scored at will i think they built a six or seven nothing lead in that game in the 10 minute tiebreaker game and it was uh you know over and done with in a hurry so uh, it's a it's an exciting format i kind of wish that game number two obviously was here in toronto but you know, uh, game number one being in Toronto will be uh, just as exciting for the fans. You want to get that one, get the lead in the series, and like I said, give yourself two shots at it. So, to talk about the West real quick, um, I, I don't know what to expect out there, but I would think, I would think Saskatchewan is probably going to roll in two straight games. However. Stranger things have happened. I don't think we're going to see a tiebreaker game. I think we are going to see the rush move through and advance to the Champions Cup final once again. But um, I don't know. I mean, Dylan Ward could be the great equalizer in this series. If he ends up, uh, you know, pulling an all-world performance here, maybe he is the difference. Maybe we see a tiebreaker game. Yeah, maybe. I don't think we will either as well. I'm I'm with you. I think – I think – Dylan Ward is going to have to be all world, and I think Callum Crawford, Zach Greer, and I guess you know Jason or Jeremy Noble, sorry, are going to have to go toe to toe with the Mark Matthews, the Robert Church, the Adam Jones, but versus, in my opinion, a stronger D with Corbeil Rubish Dilks, mm-hmm. which will make it tougher, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't see. I see Saskatchewan go back to their their third consecutive here in a row. I mean, you get down to Colorado, they've been known to, uh, you know, put together some decent crowds. And I get, like you said, anything can happen. It is playoff lacrosse. And uh, I'm not totally counting them out here again, but from a prediction standpoint, uh, I got Saskatchewan going. And just to touch on that uh, that little mini game or, or whatnot, it's it's kind of weird setup. And I was thinking about it like, 
you want game one. Don't get me wrong. You totally do. But if you could be on on one of the two days, for instance, would you not rather oh, be absolutely. game two, three? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, if, if you have it going that day, you, you're good chance you're picking up two wins all in the matter of one day like it's quick day to pick up the two wins right so it's weird in that sense how you want game one real bad but you'd probably rather be feeling good about yourself on game two in that sense which is weird you don't want to sit there and have a a dog's breakfast of a game two and then you know you have to talk right into something pull this together and play 10 minutes after you've just been beat down and and you know who knows how badly you get beat, right? Like, you know, it, for sure. Or even if you lost, if the, Georgia puts up 20, go- 20 goals yeah. on you, right? What's and the you mindset lose? going into a 10 minute? Like they just buried 20 on us or, you know, even if you lose a heartbreaker in game one, like it's just yeah. such a quick turnaround to, to mentally have to just, I know that, you know, the cliche shut, shut it out. It's a new game, but it's just human instinct to be like, you know, what just happened is on your mind. That's just natural. And, it's it's surreal. I I personally don't don't think it's the best. Like I mean, my men's league hockey has the same format. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean though. And like we're talking yeah, about a professional sport. I think, admittedly, I think it, it's not the best format um, necessarily. However, right now, you know, for the uh, you yep. know the the state of affairs, so to speak, it is the the format that makes the most sense, um, you know, in the eyes of the, the folks that control the league and, and make those decisions. And um, it, it has been, I think, a progression from having the one game won and done. For sure, it is. However, at the same time, I feel like, like we're saying, you would rather be on on in game number two because, you know, really game number one can be in the rearview mirror real quick if you – are just dominating and pick and pick up this win plus the 10 minutes you, you roll into that right For you know sure. you really can lose game one and it have be fine. little to no effect on the outcome of the series for sure you know and uh just a, from a fan perspective i guess it, it, it's still entertaining like we said we, it's going to be great if, if we do get to see one you know in one of these two series and i guess Depending how the outcomes goes depends, you know, how the fan base is, what they think of it. It's kind of like a shootout in a way. Yeah. It's just, uh, unfo- you know, you play 18 games, you play the you get Toronto plays to get through an Eastern uh, Division semifinal, you battle two hard games, and then you're just looking at your season coming down to 10 minutes. Yeah. Which is which is crazy, but, I mean, it is entertaining, and it is what it is, and it's, it's level for all teams, so get after it. Yeah, and, and just as far as the explanation goes, because that um, – really becomes part of my job <laughs> is uh, trying to make sure that everybody is aware of the situation in terms of our fan base and whatnot. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it really is a two out of three series, right? Yeah. For, for all intents and purposes, it is a two out of three series. It's not a true traditional two out of three series, but that's where it is tough to explain the spin of it is that maybe – Maybe you could phrase it as it is a two out of three series with game number three, if necessary, being just 10 minutes rather than billing it as a two game series with a 10 minute tiebreaker game. Should the series be tied at a game apiece after two games? It's a lot of words. It's yeah. tough to fit that into 140 characters on Twitter. <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes you run out of room there on that one. But uh, we've been through it before, so our fans do uh, know a little bit about this in Toronto. So hopefully everybody who does understand it will pass it along to a friend and explain how this round works, and then everybody can be educated, fired up, and ready to go on Saturday night. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access. When we come back, we will have the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer, with us in studio. Stay with us. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis with you. And we are now joined in studio by the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. How are you doing, Matty? Good. Good, boys. Good to be uh, back, especially this time of year. Yeah, obviously lots of reasons uh, to be happy here after a big 18-10 win over the New England Black Wolves on uh, Saturday night. Did things pretty well unfold as you had uh, 
hoped or expected or what's the right word there i guess it, were you surprised at all by the you know by the goal spread i guess in the game well you don't uh, don't anticipate um i guess that uh, margin of victory but I, I said a couple of times since the game we um you know we felt we were going to be able to do some things against them and and create some offense and that our transition game would uh, would pay off and um, you know, once we uh, settled in defensively, uh, you kind of saw that take hold. So it was a, a good win, and um, you know, I think everybody goes into a game expecting to win. But uh, you know, we don't uh, concern ourselves with what the end uh, end score is going to be. But it was nice to uh, get a bit of breathing room and, and not uh, have it a nail biter right to the end. Now, last week on the show, we did talk uh, a little bit about the goaltending situation, and. You did mention that over the last couple of weeks, you've seen Brandon Miller get a lot more comfortable in practice, um, you know, and I guess my question here is, was it the last couple of weeks that maybe gave you more confidence in making a move earlier in games if Rosie was struggling a little bit, or were you previous to that a little bit more, um, I, I guess, not maybe not worried, but maybe more cautious in terms of making a move? knowing that Brandon maybe wasn't quite 100% yet? Yeah, well, um, you know, a few things. One, you mentioned how he's uh, performing in practice, and uh, obviously he came in and played well in Buffalo. But, um, you know, the main thing was just hearing from Brandon that he was feeling good about, uh, um, you know, good about um, how he was physically, but also uh, also mentally. And, um, you know, it was a tough, uh, tough injury for him to come back from. And, and uh um, you know, it took him a while to, to round into form, and I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you. Uh, six weeks ago, he, he wasn't feeling great about his game, but he's worked real hard at it, and um, you know, so all those things combined, and, and also, uh, plus we felt it was a need there on uh, on Saturday night, and um, you know, everybody's on the team for a reason, and I've said a few times we're quite comfortable with both of our goalies, and um, you know, we just felt that the uh, move needed to be made, and, and we did it. Now, defensively, I thought the team. Uh really played very well and especially I think at important times maybe in games that are uh, in the game that they maybe um, seem to turn it up a notch killing a lot of 30s on the back end at, at key times it seemed and then at the other end the offense was burying one I mean maybe talk about how much of a momentum swing that creates when you know your defense is holding them and the offense is scoring where for stretches over the month of April we were basically seeing the exact opposite thing happening sure um, you know anytime you can get stops and that's what you talk about on the defensive end get stops and um, um, you know and try to string them together and if you can do that for a four or five uh, you know minute span and uh, it gives you an opportunity to create some offense and, and get some momentum and uh, when we we're going through our, our struggles there it was uh, it was tough for us to string together five six minutes when we weren't giving up a goal and when that's the situation um, you know you're kind of always chasing so um, you know that was good to see and, and also just going over our last couple of games and we said all along that uh, that we really like our offense and um, you know you've seen uh, you've seen them be able to kind of carry us until we find our defensive game and uh, I'm not sure if we would uh, would have won those games early in the season. Uh, you know, we need to come out and we need to be strong and have a strong first half because we were uh, struggling to find our way offensively. So that's a great sign right now. And, um, you know, both units, it's a team game and everybody's there for each other and both units pick each other up. And when one's not going, you need your other one to be real good. And um, you know, when you get them both going good, you get a result like you did Saturday night. Looking back at the season, there was a couple of games that stick out to me as, you know, complete all-around team efforts uh, but obviously you know the stretch leading up to the playoffs we didn't really see a full full game strung together w was that one of the more uh, all-round team efforts you saw all year in, in terms of like I thought they dominated overall um, you know defense and offensively Miller came in was strong I didn't think New England could really could really match what Toronto was bringing everywhere on the floor essentially yeah there's no doubt about it it was a it was a good effort and um you know at, at the at the right time uh we've had three or four throughout the year that uh, that we really liked and we thought we had um um you know all aspects of our game firing on uh, on all cylinders but you know that's what everybody and every team is trying is striving for and and um you need to find a way to win the games when uh when one unit may be struggling or your special teams or your goaltending whatever it might be um but uh you know, you mentioned about dominating, and, and um, you know, it, it didn't feel like that at times on, on the bench, but uh, we thought that we were much more athletic 
and um, you know this is going into the game much more athletic and and uh, faster and and um, you know we were we were quite hungry out there you saw our speed and our athleticism both offensively and defensively it was uh, tough for them to handle and it was a real good uh, matchup for us and uh, good on the boys to uh, um, you know to get that result one thing I wanted to ask you going forward here now we were just breaking down this uh, two and two and a bit series whatever you want to call it uh, what's your thought from a coach's perspective and we were saying obviously you want to get game one um, but with two games being you know within a six, 70 minutes there you're all right in a way to if you do drop game one that you can still easily win you know yeah you, you put one good day together you're still picking up two wins there it's kind of a weird dynamic of a, of a series how do you what do you think of that and how do you approach something like that yeah it's definitely uh, it's definitely different um you know but on the plus side it, uh, it used to be a one game uh, semifinal, so you do um you know you do get uh, uh more of an opportunity should you be uh um you know not have your game in, in one of the two games but as far as uh worrying about the 10 minute i guess third game as we'll call call it uh um, you know that's not something that we focus on and, and um, you know we want to win game one and, and uh, just because uh, um, if you were 0-1 that you, you still have a chance to uh, <clears throat> win uh, two games I guess over 70 minutes uh, you know that's not something that we look at at all we want to uh, we want to get game one and and um, you know and obviously you want to try to avoid the, the 10 minute uh, mini game I guess as they call it. Now looking at <clears throat> Georgia everybody talks about their offense uh Let's talk about their defense and goaltending, though. Is that something that uh, is is just kind of overshadowed? As you know, their offense is that good. Yeah, they're um, you know they're good and and they're good all over. And and Mike Poulin's uh, uh, been a real nice addition for them. He's had a couple of strong years, uh, summer ball and and winter ball. So um, you know, let's. Uh, they're a team that's loaded with uh, with first round picks all over offensively and defensively, and and not just first round picks, kind of top five picks, and they've been doing that for four or five years, and you're seeing the results in, uh, um, you know, in their roster. There's no doubt about it. We'll have our, our hands full, and and I'm sure they're a heavy favorite going into this game. But um, you know, we're we're confident in our guys, and um, you know, we we got a team that's uh, that's full of uh, guys that have won and uh, won at different levels, starting in junior. Uh, whether it be Junior B, Junior A, with uh, Minto and Founders Cups, and um, you know, got, got a lot of experience in big games and uh, you know, Man Cups and NLL championships, and uh, that's something that we're gonna we're gonna lean on and, and rely on. And uh, a lot has been made of our youth this year, and rightfully so. But we got a real good group of veterans, and uh, um, those guys are winners. And uh, you know, we're gonna lean on them to uh, to lead the way. That's for sure. And like we've talked about already on the show today, you know, the two head-to-head meetings in the regular season both go to overtime, and the game that uh, The Rock lost here in Toronto just seconds away from winning that game, really. Um, Do those two games and and being able to, uh, you know, hang uh, hang with the top team in the league, really, right now, does that give you a little bit more confidence going into this, or do you just throw those regular season matchups out the window? No, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't think you can throw them out the the window. And, and the game that you were mentioning in Toronto, I believe, you know, we had a one goal lead with 18 seconds left, and, and we had the ball, and and um, you know, they found a way to snatch that one from us. But I'm sure both teams will be, um, you know, looking at the the two games from earlier in the season, and. Um, you know you have to and it is the playoffs it's a so-called different season but um you know it was two great games i've said before that i think they were the two best in the nll nll this year and um you know so our fans and, and lacrosse fans in general should be in for a treat and to talk a little bit more about those two games you know the the loss there was two overtime losses earlier in the season and then you got that one in georgia can you look back now even at that as kind of a major turning point or maybe even a defining moment to be able to get that group over the hump and win that overtime game especially against Georgia at that point no you're bang on um you know that was a a huge weekend for us we followed it up with a a win at home against Vancouver but uh you know the game in Georgia you just see the guys uh the confidence grow uh, amongst the group and uh kind of how we won it too um we talked about earlier in the season when you know we we kind of had to have a league a lead at the half and and uh, carry that through we um, we were under siege out there in the first uh, first half and and um, you know they had the ball for the majority of uh, of the two periods and just for us to uh, kind of regroup make some adjustments at the halftime and and come out and uh, pull that out in the second half um, against uh, you know the top team in the league based on uh, on their record um, you know you saw guys start to believe and uh, we've always felt we were good but uh, to be able to 
do that there. Um, it was a shot in the arm for everybody, that's for sure. So the big question that we haven't thrown out there yet, uh, you've got a goaltender that has been your number one guy all season long, started 18 regular season games and the first playoff game. You've got a guy who's come off the bench the last two weeks, won you a key game in Buffalo, and the goaltender of record here in game one of the playoffs. <laughs> we'll get to it. I've set it up. Have you made a decision who you're going to start in net on Saturday night? So people are wondering about that, are they? There's a couple people uh, might yeah. be asking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a fair question. Uh you know, we'll um, you know we're looking at uh, at the matchups, and you know we'll uh, we'll make a decision here shortly. Likely let them uh, know in the next day or two. What what I will say is, like you mentioned, Nick has been our starter and our starter all year, and um, you know he's uh, been really good for us, and uh, we're quite confident in uh, both Nick and Brandon. Um, you know, having said that, uh, Brandon's come in here recently and, and played real well. So we look at it that it's um, you know whatever decision we make uh, is going to be. Uh, um, you know the right decision and um, you know it's also a, a team game and they're both there to support each other so uh, you know we'll figure that out here in the next 24 hours and and go from there but um, you know I'm not going to tell you now. Wow all right just one one last quick one there when you were looking down at uh, at the I guess the Americans there before the season did you pencil McArdle in as the scrapper on the squad now I've seen that's a couple for him this year and I mean, bringing an element that, uh, you know, the fans certainly enjoy. Yeah, well, we, we call them Tom and Kieran and Connor. We try to get stick away or get away from calling them the Americans. That was for the first uh, first half of the season. Yeah. But, um, um, you, know, uh, you know, that was um, obviously uh, yeah, the answer to your question would be no. Um, it's, uh, it's good to see, not, um, you know, not from, uh, I guess, the fighting aspect, but just the, the compete level that, uh, that Kieran has and, uh, you know he's been overshadowed, and, and who wouldn't be by uh, by Tom Schreiber's season? But uh, you know we really like Kieran, and and uh, we like a lot of things that he brings, and and I guess he's just uh, showing a different uh, different element. But um, you know he's a competitor out there, and uh, it's something he felt he needed to do, and uh, good on him. And um, you know I'm sure there's lots of people that enjoyed that little scrap. How much of a lift did it give the team? Well, you can, um, you know, yeah, the I, game wasn't over at that no, point. Really, uh, I'm trying means. to recall, so maybe around 12, seven ish or, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, on the scoreboard. Well, you could just see, um, you know, on the, uh, on the bench, um, you know, I think it caught everybody by surprise and, uh, anytime a teammate puts himself in that position and, and, um, you know, was able to, uh, uh, I guess to come out on the right side of things, uh, everybody was excited for Kieran and, um, I think, I don't know if you uh, saw when he came out of the penalty box, but uh, Tom was there to give him a bit of a, a chest bump. So uh, <laughs> the, the two of them have spent uh, a lot of time together this, uh, this uh, I guess, winter and uh, uh, rolling into spring and traveling together, and they're uh, real close. And it was just it was good to see and, and uh, you know, definitely gave us a bit of a boost. And it's not something that, uh, that we shy away from, but, um, you know, it's not a big element in today's NLL, rightly or wrongly. Now, just to wrap up, we've talked about this uh before this segment as well the whole row the boat theme how it kind of uh i guess grew organically i guess through billy hostrauser and i guess he was the one that kind of brought it up and the guys have been using it on social media when something like that kind of just starts to grow naturally you know do you see that kind of creeping into everybody's attitude of you know what hey it is time for everybody to start to pull in the right direction and it is becomes kind of a, a mantra without having to I don't want to say fabricate something but you know what I mean but it, like a, sure. a lot of times coaches come into seasons and they want to you know put up a message on the wall and say you know this is what we do right but when a player maybe comes up with it a little bit more as I understand it as how it develops and, and it kind of comes at, at the right time and and just makes sense for the the state of the team and where you need to go kind of thing. I mean, how much more impactful, I guess, is it? Well, um, you know, first off, you're filling me in, in a little okay. bit there. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a big social media guy, I've, uh, and uh, I, I stopped trying to figure out Billy Hostrauser a, a long time ago. But, uh, no, all, all joking aside, um, you know, Billy and I go way back, and he's just uh, – He's a great, um, a great character, a great teammate, and uh, fun to have around the team. And, and he's playing great too. So, um, but to uh, answer, I guess your question, uh, you know, I believe yes. Uh, a lot of times, and and I'm not, and our coaching staff isn't one to, um, 
you know, put stuff up on the wall and, and uh, try to force a, a slogan or, a, um, you know, whatever it might be on the team. Anytime, having said that, that stuff is great for team and, and great for team unity and bringing them together. And, and uh, you said it uh, perfectly, like uh, organically, when it can just develop on their own and they can kind of run with it um, and have some fun with it, that's when it's, when it's the best. But you do see that a lot in sports now and, uh, you know, it seems like everybody's got a slogan on the back of a shirt or something's up on the wall. And, um, a lot of that stuff is uh, borrowed from uh, from other coaches and other sports. So, um, you know, we believe that uh, when the guys come up with something and, and a lot of times something will happen throughout the season might uh, might be a ra rallying point and that's uh, that's when it's most effective. So um, I'm sure they're having some fun with it and uh, they should be uh, feeling good about themselves right now. And we're excited about uh, the matchup with Georgia. It'll be a tough one, but uh, um, we're where we want to be. All right, Matty. Well, thanks a lot for taking some time again this week. And... Uh Good luck on Saturday as the East Division final begins. Okay, we'll enjoy it. You guys enjoy it too. All right, Matt Sawyer, Toronto Rock head coach with us in studio. We'll take a short break on Toronto Rock Total Access. Back with more. Like the legend of the Phoenix ends where beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to wrap up the show for you. And we are going to uh, get into buying and selling. And we are also going to look forward to this Saturday's game between the Toronto Rock and the Georgia Swarm. So lots to get to. So we will jump right into buying and selling. And we will start with uh, maybe a little crystal ball action here. And we want to know here, KD... Are you buying or selling that only one different team than what we have in place here with six six pack, we'll call it, of teams that are currently that currently made the playoffs this year, that there will only be one different team in the 2018 postseason than what we have seen in this playoffs? So, in other words, only one of Calgary, Rochester, and Buffalo qualified for the playoffs this year. It's tough because uh, you know there's there's a lot of parity in this league. Uh, anything could happen. You you know look at Toronto, Vancouver going from worst respectively calendar year ago to both in the playoffs. But uh, with this particular question, I'm gonna I'm gonna be buying. I think I just uh, looking at it. I think next year you'd have to pretty much pencil in Saskatchewan, Georgia locks at some point, whether it be at the, you know the years they had this year or whatnot. I think Colorado is a, is a safe bet over there in the West still with D Ward and Noble and Greer and Crawford and whatnot, Coates on the back end. Uh, I like Toronto's youth to, to be back in there again, and then it comes down to, to a coin toss. Could I, would I be surprised if Calgary, you know, ousted Van or, or Buff ousted you know, New England? No, wouldn't totally shock me, but... Uh, for the sake of the question, I'm going to buy that only only one change is coming. I don't know where it's coming from. I think Rochester has made the decision to go relatively young, and I think you might see that continue. Um, not not necessarily break the year off by any means, but I think they're still going to be a team and in a retool, rebuild mode. And uh, you know, and like I said, anything can happen. I don't see them you know getting into playoffs next year as of today, but. Uh, so I've eliminated them. Then it comes down to a 50-50 coin flip, and I'm going to buy that. Yeah, only one gets in. And I believe Rochester has three first-round picks coming up this year. Really? I believe. Two or three. I'm pretty sure it's So there'll be a couple more guys. Yeah. So, like you say, the youth movement uh, very well could continue there in Rochester. All right. So, uh, moving on, we're going to do a little buying and selling as it pertains to this series coming up between the Toronto Rock and the Georgia Swarm. First of all, the Georgia Swarm, they have uh, they have had some massive offensive nights in this uh, 2017 season. Are you buying or selling the Georgia Swarm will score 18-plus goals in at least one of the two games? I am selling that. Uh, you look at Toronto's defense, one of the best in the league. I think we saw a great performance from the back end this past weekend. Miller, you know, played well his last two outings. Rosie, the numbers speak for themselves. So, you know, goaltender of the year conversation. Uh, both times they played, it's been tight games. Georgia hasn't even crept close to 18. I think what was it, 
13-12 win down there for the Rock. Mm-hmm. So 12 was the most they've gotten so far in two games. Yep. Uh, versus the Rock defense. I, I just don't see them getting close to 18. Playoff lacrosse, everything tightens up. And uh, Although they do have a great offense, don't get me wrong, I'm just going to sell that they're going to find an 18 spot on the board in this series. All right. Now, to wrap this up, are you buying or selling? We will see both Brandon Miller and Nick Rose in goal at some point in this series. Tough one being a short series, but uh, I actually think I might might buy that. Not for the sense that either of them is going to have a, you, you know, a bad performance or it's, oh, he was so bad we got to put the other one in. I just think in a series and... You know, it could be something as, as simple as getting someone out. Uh, Georgia goes on a run, for for example. They do have a high-caliber offense, as we talked about. They go on a run. Maybe we just need to pull said goalie out, reset him. Or it could be something, uh, you know, if you do if you do happen to drop a game, give a, throw a different look at them. I, I, I just think with the depth of the organization, um, I'm not sure in what capacity. I think both goalies will be needed at, at some point. Uh, to, it could be to varying degrees to what that means. Uh, and again, not to discredit, I don't think it's going to be from a poor performance play. I think it could just be from a, a momentum swing, a different look. Uh, someone needs a, you know, a quick reset on the bench kind of thing, more so. Um, so I'm going to buy that we might see both goalies here in the series at some point. All right, there you go. Buying, selling, what are you doing? Katie's uh, doing a little bit of both here in this, uh, this segment here. So that wraps up buying and selling. We will um, wrap up the show by uh, throwing up our picks here uh, for this series coming up. And uh, it's a two-game series. If each team wins once, there will be a 10-minute tiebreaker game, which will happen immediately following game number two in Georgia on Saturday, May the 20th. But game number one goes, of course, this Saturday, May the 13th at Air Canada Centre. KD prediction time. I think we're going to be in for a good one, though. This could be, you know, we'll see what happens in the, in the two series. Oh, but this could be the, the series of the playoffs, really. Like, we had Matty on. He said those are the two best games that, league-wide let alone, you know, that we said Toronto Rock, one of the best defenses in the league, the, the high-powered Georgia offense, as everyone says. I think it's going to be exciting lacrosse. I'm going to go uh, both games real tight, so I'm going to keep this one tight as well. I think Toronto pulls out. I'm pretty much just split in the middle and between the two games here. I'm going to throw out a 12-11 Toronto win tight. Uh right around the league average in terms of, of goals scored um, but Toronto at home pulls out a 12-11 win heading into Georgia the following weekend now uh, do you want to go for a series prediction here or are we going to wait let's go well I think we should do a series prediction here going into things so that that's a prediction for game one but on the series how do you see it playing out what, what's on, your prediction on the series uh, don't need a goal no don't need a goal total okay. for game two yet but just yep. even the series are, yep. we, are we going are we going to see the tiebreaker game are we going to is this going to be over in two no uh, well I think I mentioned it to you off air here and I don't just because they're so tight I, I, I don't think you know the, the difference in the records necessarily portrays the difference in where these teams are at uh, in terms of like on the floor and capabilities and skill um like we said both games so tight i personally do think we uh are going to see toronto pull out a gritty well-rounded team win in the 10 minute game i don't know you know obviously if i have toronto winning game one i think there might be a rebound somewhere um i have to have to you know, never going to say Toronto's going to lose. I do think they're, you know, they have the chance to win every game, obviously, and they've shown that. Uh, but I think as the playoffs, it, as it gets tighter, you know, things are going to get a little harder here. And I'm going to call Toronto wins in a 10 minute. It comes down to 10 minutes, and uh, you know, they got some winners on their team uh, that have been in in crucial situations before, whether it be in Junior A. You know, man cups, yep. NLL championships. They uh, they know how to win. A lot of these guys. Um, Georgia's still young. Doesn't have that taste at you know. I mean, don't I don't know the exact full roster what they've been at, but like at the man cup at the professional level, it hasn't experienced that yet. And I think that uh, 
comes into play a little bit down the stretch, uh, and we see Toronto winning in that uh, ten-minute game. Well, uh, <clears throat> we should mention last week on the show. I did predict. I th- I'm pretty sure I said seventeen to nine. Yeah, you're pretty close. And we're eighteen ten. So I got the goal spread. And I. I think so. got a little excited when you said 17, saying like, whoa, <laughs> pump the brakes a bit. But I was proven wrong once So I'm going to continue along that vein this week. Not not to 17, but I am going to say it will be a 15-10 rock win on Saturday. That's my prediction, 15-10. I like to write these things down. And I think the rock will win two games to nothing. I don't think we're going to see a tiebreaker game. I believe in Billy Holstrauser. I believe in rowing the boat right now. And I think everybody is pulling in the right direction right now. I think these last two games have just given this team such a shot in the arm. It was desperately needed because those were three and a half, four very long weeks from the end of March until that April 29th game in Buffalo. And it's almost like we just pressed the restart button here and got back to when this team was playing, you know, at that clip that had them at five and two and eight and five here in the season where they were, you know, when we were talking about them possibly winning the division and being right there with Georgia, you know, you remember going into the end of March saying, Hey, you know, here we go. We could get on a little run here and, uh, and maybe take a shot at the division title. So I think these two teams really, like you say, the records, I think would tell you there's a larger separation between the two teams than there really is. And I just think that, um, you know, sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle here, and I think this team is really trending in the right direction right now. And you've got two real good goaltenders, a defense that's playing really well, an offense that it looks like, you know, Matt Sawyer has found the right mix here. You know, unfortunately that's meant that Turner Evans has been out of the lineup the last couple of games, um, who was really pretty good for the Rock pretty well all season long. But um, eventually you get to a point where, obviously as a coach, you have to make some tough decisions, and um, it turns out that this seems to be the right mix right now. Whatever it is, uh, you know, you put things into a blender sometimes and they come out looking pretty good. So uh, I just think it's going to be a uh, – I think it's going to be two games here. No, I for sure. I think we're going to see the tiebreaker. Well, I definitely hope so. And just looking back to last year, I think, if I recall, correct me if I'm wrong here, when push came to shove, Georgia, young, inexperienced team – fell to New England, to Sean Evans, to you know, yep. Crowley, a couple guys that a uh, little more pedigree and a little more experience around the league, uh, I believe, in, in a tight game. But, like, they got, you know, pushed in a tight game and and it ultimately fell short. And uh, that, I guess that's where I was kind of going with, like, you look at guys that have been, you know, Steph LeBlanc's been here, Casey Barron's been here, Brody on the back end, uh, you know. Chappie. Mitt, Chappie. B. Miller. Yeah, the, list yep. go, the list goes on. This is uh, – this is nothing new to these guys playing in uh, high leverage lacrosse games, and that's where I think the difference is going to be. And uh, like I said, I, st- I still do think it's going to be a, g- a great series. It's going to be entertaining, and I don't think there's a reason not to to get out and watch, w- respectively, in Toronto and Georgia. And when you talk about the veteran side of things here in Toronto, and maybe that not quite being there in Georgia, you know, for the last few years, I know I always kind of talked about the Georgia Swarm like they were the Edmonton Oilers. They've had all these great young picks, but you still eventually have to sprinkle some veterans in there and, you know, and figure things out. Maybe Jordan Hall is one of those guys, right? But at the same time, you know, he I don't think we talk about him in the same breath, you know, in terms of experience when you talk about a Brody Merrill or a Sandy Chapman. I mean, really, you think, what if Georgia had a Brody Merrill or a oh. Sandy Chapman in the mix there. I think I think you would start to look at that team a little bit differently, you know, or even a Casey Behrens or a Steph LeBlanc. You know, it it uh, I think you would start to look at that that team a little bit differently. And I think that may be if, you know, as we're predicting here, if the Rock do move on past the Swarm, I think that may be something that the Swarm really look to address in the offseason is how can we get – a couple of veteran guys in here that have won before that can kind of teach this group and, and mold this group. How do we find our Billy Guerin? <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, but like, you know, you look back to the Penguins in 2009, right? Like, you know, how do we find our Billy Guerin and, and to, to kind of uh, mold these guys a little bit? So 
it, it seems like in a lot of sports that this does happen at one time or another, and, and maybe that will be, you know, what happens. Or the exact opposite. I mean, this young group could win and all establish themselves as winners after this year and then all understand about what it takes to get there. So For sure. Why? Well, I- Billy guarantee they might be looking at that, <laughs> uh, at a wow. little veteran presence wow. if they uh, you know if they do ultimately fall short there, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's uh, I guess we won't know until until it all plays on the line. But did they uh, correct me if I'm wrong here? Georgia picked up was Joel White. Yep. Later in the season, he didn't play in the games for either games versus Toronto. Correct. I believe you are correct. Or there, did yeah. he get in the second one? I don't think he did. He was on the holdout list until fairly late into the season. Transition guy brings a different element. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, and he is – he's a good defender. I mean, you think about what, uh, you know, the Swarm gave up at the time to acquire Joel White, and that was uh, Andrew Suter, you know, a guy who is looked at as a character veteran guy, even though he is still pretty young. But, uh, you know, they gave up – they gave up to get, for sure, in that situation. And – I mean, I haven't obviously haven't seen him versus Toronto this year, but from all indications, solid solid player for them, or just in in general. And be curious to see, you know, you say a guy comes off a holdout list, that's essentially a free trade. Like that's a free trade. You're giving up nothing, getting a guy to step in your roster. We talk about the depth here. You know, that just adds to their depth as well. Some obviously he's bumping in, that someone's coming out, and the just down the line, right? But. Uh, should be great. Should be a great series. Uh, there's still some great tickets available as well. Uh, TorontoRock.com, or you could call the office here at 416-596-3075, extension 236. Season ticket holders, season pass holders, we have a great additional campaign going on. You buy your tickets at the uh, the season ticket holder all-in rate, still a discounted ticket rate. You uh have the availability to purchase additional tickets in the lower bowl for only $20 all in and the upper bowl at $10 all in. So you can't go wrong to, uh, you know, have an opportunity to see this product, bring some friends out at this price point of $20 and $10 respectively uh, to watch, you know, the only team left playing playoff sports at the Air Canada Centre in the Toronto Rock. And uh, I think it's, I've said it many times, it's going to be a great game and uh, something I'm looking forward to as well. And, uh, don't hesitate to, to give a shout if you have any questions or any interest in terms of uh, of getting yourself down there. We'd we'll be more than happy to help you out. So we'll throw out our one quick correction there on the Joel White. He did actually play in the March 24th game, the uh, the loss uh, in Georgia, but or Georgia's loss, Toronto's win, uh, and White scored a goal in that game. Really? So, so that was that was his second game back in the lineup. So we'll just edit that out. Yeah, we'll uh, scrap that. No. <laughs> wow. Uh, but anyways, yeah, like Kyle just said, great great seats available for uh, this Saturday night's game. Um, what did you mention? Dark guy. How did we get through yeah. the whole podcast <laughs> without guy. mentioning dark guy? Yeah. He's a beauty. Oh, great guy. Great, great dude. Guy. Met him, like, you know, he was in the office during the week, saw him at the game, face paint, Toronto rock, everything, and that's, you know, it's playoffs. Even though uh, – you know, everyone that was in the building Saturday, I thought, uh, was involved, engaged. The rally towels out. Uh, are those coming back? They are, yeah. Okay, so rally towels back. Uh, dark guy coming back? Dark guy's back dark as guy's well. Dark guy's coming back as well. So playoff uh, playoff atmosphere here. I Like, you know, dark guy, just to go off that, yeah, great guy. Dark guy went to paint guy on Saturday, and paint guy hooked dark guy up yeah. with a great paint job and had the rock logo on and looked looked awesome. Yeah, it was great. And on the jumbotron, it was uh, at halftime. I was on the floor with the the minor lacrosse scrimmage, and I couldn't help but notice in dark eye section one twenty, I believe, just the lot. It looked like a line at Wonderland coming down the <laughs> stairs. And I could just picture dark guy is feening a dart. It's been yeah. you know a first half of lacrosse. He's probably you know had a pint in him, looking to get out there and just be himself really yeah. but <laughs> such a good guy he stopped took a picture with everyone yeah you, you look on instagram twitter social media lots of pictures surfacing you know can't can't believe i met you great meeting you unreal time at the rock dark guy brought his buddy steve dangle as well <laughs> yes so that's right yeah. it was it was quite the event and dark guy is you know without letting the cat out of the bag here too much but Dark Guy is starting to assemble a bit of a celebrity entourage that uh, seems, you know, Steve Dangle's coming with him. 
He was working on another celebrity to come Saturday night, and unfortunately it's not going to work out. So we, we, we won't let the cat out of the bag of who it was going to be. But, um, you know, we haven't seen the last of Dirk guy. That is for sure, and he is a great guy. And I know some people, you know, it's it's a strange phenomenon because some people legitimately get upset that anybody's paying attention to him, you know. But, you know, he is just a great guy. He is trying to kick the habit. You know, he's he's cutting down, and he does have a, a date in mind with a charitable angle as well to hopefully have completely quit smoking, and he, he's working towards that. Talked to him a little bit about that when he was here. Um, you know, so he's he's done so well to turn, you know, a, a couple second appearance on a national TV broadcast into, you know, who knows what this is going to become, but he's got the, you know, the 3D printer busts yep. of himself that he's, you know, he, he's selling now. And, uh, you know, he, he's doing lots of great things for charity too, which is, which is awesome to just to see how he's turned something that really could have been nothing or he could have exploded exploited it in a negative way but he's turned it into such a positive and and you know what it's just he's joe fan yeah you know uh i'm not going to say everybody's painted their hair and painted their face and gone to a game but everybody's gone to a game of their favorite team like the toronto rock for example and and cheered and been fully committed in their own way and, and in some ways he's He's just kind of, you don't want to call him a mascot necessarily, but he is just kind of a representative of the fans. You know, he, he's just, he's a fan. For sure. And he's, you know, he's all in as a yeah. fan for, for being a fan, I guess you could yeah. say, right? And he, uh, passionate and it's funny, you know, date back to when Dark Guy came. Yeah. For instance, he was just so nervous as a fan in that moment, right? And didn't. He didn't ask for any of this at the time. He, no. It just happened. We've you all been there, right? You can't like, just be upset at anything that's happened. With, like, He didn't call a number or file a report saying, hey, this is what I want and this is happening. Like this, The internet and the, you know social media these days and the way the world works kind of has taken him for quite the ride. And kudos to him for for enjoying it in a positive manner, like you said, and uh, you know doing something great with it with a charitable donation and and whatnot so excited to see dark guy again this weekend absolutely all right so the only way you can see him live and in person <laughs> is saturday night uh at the acc along with the toronto rock game one of the east division final it's going down you got to be there it is uh it was great lacrosse last week and i think it's only going to get better and hopefully this is not going to be the last time that we will see the rock at the air canada center this year hopefully still some more lacrosse to play and uh, again, if the Rock are to advance to the Champions Cup final, the Rock would host game two of the best of three series. If they were to play the Saskatchewan Rush, if they were to play the Colorado Mammoth, they would actually be the higher seed in this scenario and would host games one and three. Dates are TBA. So uh, stay tuned for that um, as we get closer to another possible Champions Cup final right here in Toronto. It's only been a couple of years, but at the same time, it feels like... It's been a long time, <laughs> you know. But it really, 2015 was we're we're only one season yeah removed, one removed. from from going. Uh, so um, it's very weird, but, you know. You think if if the team is able to advance to the Champions Cup final, and then you can sit here at the end of the season and say, well, two of the last three years the team's been to the championship, and Saskatchewan's been three in a row. You know, while Saskatchewan's won, Toronto has been there two of the last three. So hopefully not open up another debate as we're trying to wrap up the show, but Toronto, maybe not quite in the same breath as Saskatchewan, but maybe in the next breath. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's two out of three, you know, for sure. I, I think obviously the winning does mm-hmm. elevate, yeah. I guess the, you know, the rush of it, especially going back to back, but anytime you can make the finals once, that's a, that's a heck of an accomplishment, let alone, uh, you know, two out of three. And, the fan base here, I don't want to say has been like have been spoiled, but for what you know, was it six championships in eighteen year existence here for the yep. Toronto Rock? Just winning is what, in a way, is is expected, I guess, to a certain extent, and that's just how the organization, you know, they pride themselves in wanting to be to be there, and that's what makes them such a great organization over the years, right? And uh, you know, to be back where they are now, and if they do get to that next level, I, you know, I think it's a great accomplishment for sure, and especially, 
you know, last year you're looking at it, it was maybe just a blip on the radar, and this, uh, from all indications, it looks like the the rock this year, and uh, you know, moving forward in a great spot and uh, a great tra- trajectory to continue the success, and you know, hopefully, numerous playoff runs here. Well, when you you mentioned six championships in 18 seasons, uh, with this being your number 19, but. Uh, you also look back, there has been three other trips to the Champions Cup final that they've lost. So you think nine out of 18 well, seasons so far this team has played for the championship. So break that down. That's every other year. So that's why 2015 we're, we're there. Yeah. We'll take last year off and we're back this year. Tis once again time. All right. On that note, we will officially wrap up the podcast this week. Uh, in the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I have Mike Hancock saying... That's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is in the bag. We will see you Saturday night at the ACC for game number one of the East Division Stop Final. The rock. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. Stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. Can't stop the rock.